I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight My monster from the slab came to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash He caught on the flash He did the mash He did the monster mash from my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom with a vampire feast The ghosts all came from their humble above To get a jolt from my electroloid They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It got on the flash They did the mash It did the monster mash the zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman Dracula and his son The scene was rocking or digging the sound Igor in chain back by his howling hound The coughing bearers were about to arrive With their vocal group the Crypt Kicker 5 they did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the monster mash. Out from his coffin, black voice did ring. It seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened the lid and shook his fist. Whatever happened to my Transville twist? It's now the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on the flash. It did the monster mash. Now everything, Drac is off the band. My monster mash is hit off the line. For the living, this smash was meant to be. When you get to my door, tell Bowery sent you. Yes, you can monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He caught it on in a flash He did a monster mash Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Welcome to this very special episode Of another Digital Citizen It's episode Woohoo! A hundred Woohoo! And Woohoo! Sixty! <laughs> Welcome to my bloody brother, Luke. How are you, Luke? Hi, Fro. Vampire Fro. It's Hi, everybody. Halloween. Does the count like to count <laughs> podcasts? Is that what this is? One <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what we do here. That would be a lot of lightning if it had to go all the way to 160. <laughs> there, outside of his house, there'd be like trees burned down. There's buildings on fire. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? That the count that whenever he counts and like fit, when he laughs, yeah. there's lightning. But where does that lightning go? It's probably striking like I don't know some guy walking down the street and his dog got struck because the count had to count. How many pieces of cereal were in his bowl? Yeah. 
And as uh, the listeners uh, heard in the beginning, we don't have an intro music this week. That's because I made some intro music, didn't I? Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. It did, I did the Monster Mash. <laughs> to be honest, I was... Ne- yeah. You did that. That thing, that's classic song that everybody... It's like the only Halloween song that exists, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's... It, I mean, when you think about it, like Christmas, how many Christmas songs are there? Billions? Like hundreds? And like how many Halloween songs are there? It's like five, maybe. It's like uh, uh, I was looking online uh, for for uh, songs to do, and Margaret said, oh, do the Monster Mash in your Dracula voice. That will be funny. And uh, yeah, I did that. I also tried to make a parody of uh, another uh classical but uh, yeah no i i just couldn't do it so it was the monster mash i did the mash i keep hearing squeaking on your end fro is, is something squeaking over there is something really squeaking yeah that's what it sounds like it sounds like like it sounds like somebody's uh on like a gym floor with like the rubber shoes and they're going squeak squeak. I don't know. Maybe it'll go mm. away. It's fine. But yeah, Halloween is today, bro. Today is, ho- is all Hallow's Eve. You know, sa- the, the day, day mm-hmm. of Satan and everything. Which is the witch's eve or whatever. So it's our days uh, because we are atheists. So we celebrate Satan. Right, because we're Satan. Uh, yes. Atheists are Satanists, yes. and they're the same thing. So yeah. uh, that's actually not a joke. Like I, I've heard that rumor so fucking many times. I, I can't even like count it. I remember when I was on my most Christian, and I didn't talk to you when I was a Mormon. Long before I met you, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. And I, I, uh, I remember that I looked at atheists as. Like, yeah, the demon possessors. I remember especially one time, I, I can uh, look at it now and be kind of, haha, that is kind of funny and kind of also a little sad. I was sitting at home crying. Do you know what I was crying about? Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, you were yeah. a Mormon, you're saying? I have, I have I no idea. I was sitting at home crying feeling sorry for all the people that didn't hear the gospel so they could not be saved. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you, you were... Tr- I was like... Like that guy, that one guy, whatever his name was. What do you mean? Banana oh, yeah, banana man. man. You were feeling yeah. the banana uh, man I way. Was, I, I was having banana man syndromes. Red, red comfort. You know, I, 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 I felt so, I felt so bad. It's, it's not like even a joke. And it, now, now I can think about about it and think it was so fucking stupid. But, but then, <laughs> but then it wasn't. But then. I didn't. I, I, I remember in elementary school it was the first time there was this one kid. There was one kid in my entire elementary school who was like. I don't celebrate Halloween. My parents don't allow us to celebrate Halloween. It's the day of Satan. They think that it will bring demons into our house. They don't give out candy to kids. Uh, and I remember I got to know that kid because I was like, this kid's weird. I want to know what the hell's going on with him. Uh, it kind of turned out to be a complete psycho in the future. But, was he a uh, witness? 
I thought that was very interesting. Is like as a kid, I, I was always just like, oh, Halloween equals yeah. candy. I never like put any of the other things together. And then I met this kid who's clear. I never met his parents, but I'm assuming that they were clearly very religious. Um, and he was very sheltered kid who didn't know a whole lot about the rest of the world, but he was very afraid of Halloween. And I thought that was super interesting. I taught him how to swim. Actually, he didn't. He before he met me, he didn't know how to swim. Either, so, religious. Yeah, that's how sheltered the kid was. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know if that was it, or his parents just didn't take the time to like teach him anything like that. Uh. So this. Yeah. It, it was a very sad case. Yeah. So this has been one depressing week. I I I, I don't think we have any good news this week. Uh. Yeah, speaking of very sad cases, yeah. right. Uh, Leicester City owner uh, Wing Shai, and don't ask me to ask, uh, tell you his last name, uh, died this week in a hol- helicopter crash. Uh, uh, and uh, he was a millionaire and a very wealthy and successful man, BBC says. Um but also so humble and uh, lovely. So um, this was right after he was uh, leaving the King Power Stadium on Saturday after Leicester had uh, been in a football match. Uh, the helicopter takes off and like totally crash to the ground like five minutes after uh, it took off. Sad news. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. terrible. More sad news uh, that I was kind of unaware of, but I guess some news that's not on our news. Uh, I don't know if it's sad. Depends on which side of the political aisle I guess you stand on. Is the Angela Merkel thing, Fro? Oh we yeah, put that in the news. She's, She's stepping, stepping down. down. Uh, yeah, that's pretty big. I mean, she was. I mean, she's considered one of the more major leaders in Europe, I would say, like, one of the more um, prominent leaders that, like, especially when dealing with the U.S. and other things? Um, I don't think the EU would be as uh, successful, and I put that in brackets because I don't know if you can call it a successful thing or not, but... uh, Well, if... If you're a multinational right. corporation, it, it wouldn't be so Does big that uh, without <laughs> Angela Merkel. That's for fucking sure. So I I don't know. Am I sad that she is leaving? Kind of. I mean, she was uh, a voice against Trump. So I don't know. She wouldn't shake his hand. I mean, yeah, she was a voice in, of reason for a lot of different things, but she also. Um... She was definitely, you know, uh, what's a good word for it? Pro-corporation and everything else. But she also did very good things as far as moral issues. So she she was a, uh, it's, I, I my only assumption is hopefully they'll get somebody in there that's even more left-leaning than she is, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, and it's a big, uh, big part in, in Germany. So, yeah, interesting. But yeah, let's go into the good and fantastic news. Um, well, well, we covered this last week, so we can go through yes. it really quick, right? We talked about the bomber last week, but it had not been revealed who he was. 
But of course, we don't ever say the names on the show, so we're not gonna say his name. So it's kind of a weird little, a weird story to cover twice. But it's kind of important that we cover it just because last time we didn't have all the information because it was what it had happened uh, twelve hours before we were right. covering it right. last time, right, Fro? So um, the FBI came out Friday and said that uh, more than a dozen improvised devices were sent to individuals nationwide that they said were not hoax devices. This is in air, this is in quotes, not hoax devices. Uh, each device was made of roughly six inches of PVC pipe, wiring, a small clock with a battery, and and then the FBI said energetic material material that could be explosive. Mm. So they didn't say what kind of explosive, or even that it wasn't explosive, but it's in a material that could be explosive. I guess maybe in the right case. I I don't really don't know, know what that means. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean like a firework can be explosive if you you know tape it up and whatever. But this is a little weird because PVC pipe is like if you're trying to murder somebody with a pipe bomb, PVC pipe is not the way to go. But this guy is clearly not a genius. Um, just de- department did a c- press conference Friday afternoon. After that happened, what I heard, two more devices were found in the mail. So I think it's actually up to 14 packages that were found. So after this guy got caught, Fro, there were still packages circulating in the, si- the mail right. system. Uh, and they found two more after he had already gotten caught. Um, of course it's. Of course, they were sent yeah. to prominent figures across the country. And of course, Sorry, it go led ahead. Uh, to speculations of uh, them doing it to themselves for some fucking strange reason. Before he was, before he was caught, uh, the right side of all. Oh, the conspiracy theories about how. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Democrats may be yeah. doing it to themselves, or 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 whatever this or that. Huckabee I, I had a feeling at yeah. least. Go, no, uh, Sarah Huckabee. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I was... even said on Thursday that the president Donald Trump will continue to fight against people who speak out out against him, and he she, she blamed uh, the victims for getting bombs, more or less. Uh, right. I kind of have a feeling that this guy who sent them out never meant to kill right. anybody. Um, I think that these were meant to scare right. people uh, as they would think it was a, a bomb that is going to kill them. But it's a PVC pipe with, as far as I can tell uh, from what they're saying here, that it had energetic material that could be explosive that wasn't necessarily explosive i think this guy was trying to scare people but i don't think he was trying to kill anybody but now we'll see what comes out in the future Mm. uh he's definitely going to get charged with trying to kill people and it probably i think he probably should be but i think this guy uh created these fake bombs to try to scare people i think one one good point to to make the or one good reason i think that just to make my point uh, on the outside of these bomb devices, these PVC pipes, fro, they had uh, a stick. Like had stickers uh, of memes from the internet. Like it was like this. It it looked like an ISIS flag, right? Except it said "Get her done" instead of it being Arabic, fro. Mm. 
but it was written to look like an you know what get her done is yeah from like the yes the redneck comedy get tour or whatever on. that guy um, um yeah there you go so if he meant for these to explode that sticker would never have been seen see what i mean fro right larry the cable because it would have been blown up was that his name larry the cable guy thank you yeah yes <laughs> so if, if the bomb was to explode, that sticker would have never been seen. Right. Hence why I think it wasn't ever supposed to explode. Right. Does that make sense, bro? Yeah. So I think this guy was trying to scare people, but I don't necessarily think he was trying to hurt anybody. Uh, I think he's definitely crazy. From what At first, uh, there was reports coming out, this is uh, a Native American guy. Uh, because on right. his van it said... Native American pride or uh, Native Americans for Trump or something like that mm. uh, on his van. Did you see the van, Fro, with all the yes. crazy stickers and everything? I did see the van. Uh, yeah. It's clearly one of those a, vans clearly that a parents, sign. parents uh, like, uh, warn their children not to go up to. Exactly, right. Yeah. But it turned out this guy just... Like, he was so crazy, he thought he was Native American. It turns out his mom was, like, Filipino, I think, and his dad was Italian. So mm -hmm. he didn't even, he thought he was Native American, and he wasn't at all. This guy was clearly not sane. Uh, but at least he was arrested, and nobody was hurt. Uh, so overall, a win for uh, everybody, I guess. I mean, there were some people who were frightened, but at least nobody was hurt, so... Well, In a way, it's a happy ending, I guess, bro. Well, it's a happy ending, other than it was the Russians, look. It was the Russians that was behind this mail bombs. Well, that's... Of course, it has to... Shuck. Well, everything's <laughs> the Russians, right? So. Yeah, yeah. According to Shuck Todd, uh, let's uh, listen in to what he said uh, on the, uh, M uh, SNBC. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead and give me a countdown, yeah. Yeah, in three, two, one, play. Did target politicians, but we had no similar thing happening. And, and media. media. We had no similar okay. thing coming out of the White House at the time. No, that was so random. And, and This is and, on Meet the Press. Right. This is clear reflection of the of the atmosphere that we are living in now. That was no, not the case. I, I totally agree. Was telling all the thousands, yeah. millions of followers that, oh, right-wingers don't do this. It's only left-wingers that plant bombs. It's not a tactic of the right. And, I mean, whether it's Timothy McVeigh... What, what about Oklahoma City? Of Judge <laughs> yes. Oh, you just mentioned it. Okay. ...examples of how it goes on on both sides. Eric Robert crazy, Rudolph there's was, crazy a, was, people a, was a crazy person so, right. But they tell this to their people, and the, and they believe it. And it's it's sort of like the... Any it, of the abortion clinic bombs? Yep. ...the pre-existing condition lie. It's a lie that is so big, and it is. I don't like Nazi comparisons. I'm not comparing yeah. Trump to Hitler, but it, Goebbels called it the big lie. You just tell a lie as big as you can because you know that a lot of people are going to believe it. This feels like a spot. I, I have this fear that it could be some Russian operation, too, in design. <laughs> more of this... <laughs> he just had to get that in, didn't he? It is dividing us. It's a very strange moment, and, and we have no idea where it comes wow. from. All right, I want to talk about the political impact of this. All right, we can stop it there. Oh, it's so what? funny because he's just like, you can tell, he's like, how do I wedge Russia into this conversation? <laughs> how do I do it? And then he's like, I know. <laughs> uh, what if it was the Russians? 
Uh... It's the pause that makes it funny, because he like he's like, well, I just have this thought. Uh, uh, it, what? It could be the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so fucking funny. Because it's so like oh I I'm I'm I, I think that's the word of of this year. It's inclusion. Inclusion, don't forget that. Uh me too. Inclusion revolution, yeah. Yeah, inclusion revolution, me too. And Russia. <laughs> like uh, everything. Everything is about those three things. Right, and fake news, I guess. There's oh, that yeah, too. fake news, yes. Yeah. Talking, talking about uh, sad news, uh, more news came out about this uh, murder of Jamal uh, Kovashargi. Um, Britain Intelligence came, uh, came out uh, that they knew about this uh, attack. Well, they knew that there were plans, a plot, uh, by Saudi Arabia to kidnap this guy and murder him. And it says, Britain knew of the kidnapping plot and begged Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia to abort the plans. Um, so why? The revelation... Sorry? Yes. Oh, right. The revelation came as a separate intelligence sources disclosed that Britain had been first made aware of the plot a full three weeks... Right. Before uh, Jamal walked into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, uh, intercepts by GCHQ uh, of inter- internal communications by the kingdom's general intelligence directorate, revealed orders by a member of the royal circle to abduct the troublesome journalist and take him back to Saudi Arabia. Uh, the orders, intelligence sources say, did not emanate directly from the crown prince, uh, and it is not known if he was aware of uh, this, although it did come from a member of the royal circle, is what it, what they're saying. So it's possible he did know, uh, and it could have been somebody else. Uh, it, it's coming from that place, is what they're saying. Uh, and it looks like they knew three weeks before it happened. Um, can, I, uh, can I ask a really good question then? Okay. Why the fuck didn't they do anything about it? <laughs> It says here, uh, speaking uh, to intelligence sources on Sunday, they were told, we were initially made aware that something was going uh, in the first week of September, around three weeks before uh, Mr. Kashagi walked into the consulate uh, on October 2nd. Though it took more time for details to emerge, these details included primary orders to capture him, bring him back to Saudi Arabia for questioning, However, the door seemed left open for alternative remedies to what was seen as a big problem. Uh, right. So it, it looks like, and then they went to them and said, hey, don't do that. Uh, and they did it anyways. Cool. Sounds like... Uh... It says here, asked why MI6 had not altered its Five Eyes intelligence partner, uh, why it hadn't told the U.S., about uh, Khashoggi, uh, since he was a U.S. resident, the source said only, a decision was taken that we'd done what we could. That's what it says. Wow. Yeah, now it's... Yeah, I mean, that's huge news that they... 
yeah. they didn't tell the U.S. And yeah. now it's a huge... I mean, that's where the, it's the biggest deal right now is in the U.S., especially yeah. just because of the relations between the two countries. I I, I just find it interesting they they did not uh, at least try to warn him when they knew there was something going on. I mean, if I right. was in... Says, uh, they, they thought... Yeah. The, the plans might change, I guess. So what? I I would still... If if someone told me they were planning to assassinate you, Luke, guess what? Mm-hmm. I would t- t- tell you, even though I didn't know how they were going to anas- assassinate you, I would still say, hey, right. watch out. Maybe somebody is trying to get you right now because I've heard some rumors... Okay, I mean, yeah, it, they definitely. I think uh, the you or MI six or whoever it was that found out about this definitely should have told him, and probably told yeah. the U.S. so that they the U.S. could help keep him safe. Uh, and I also yeah. think Britain, if they did know about this, should have done something to keep him safe, not just go to Saudi uh, the Saudis and say, "Hey, don't, hey, stop that," and like, "Hey, stop that." They're, it's like they're talking to a dog, not uh, a country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are you a Marilyn Manson fan? Uh, some of his stuff's really good. Uh, s- some of his middle stuff is really terrible. Like, some of his early stuff's good, and then some of his later stuff is actually better than his middle stuff. So, yeah. He definitely... Ha- there was a point where I think he got really, I don't know, uh, lazy in his writing and stuff, so... Right. Yeah, no, I... What about you? Like... Uh, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that kind of. Never music. been a fan. No, I I I, I was I, definitely into it originally when he yeah. first came out because I was that perfect age. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, on the music festival one time uh, where they played Prodigy. Do you remember Firestarter and things like that? Right. Yeah. Of yeah. course. And uh, I I was a Prodigy fan more than I was a Marilyn Manson fan. Oh, I liked both, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. I was a little weird. I, I liked. I also liked Tupac at the time. So I kind of. I was a very eclectic music uh, aficionado even in the '90s. But I'm maybe even more now, especially after uh, after doing years of uh, Eurovision. I've, my I think my taste of music has even become more eclectic, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you blame me. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I, well, is blame the correct word? Because I think having an eclectic music palette is actually... Uh, I like it, so I oh, think yeah. it, no, it made positive, it better. So Thank you. I, I thank you, Fro. <laughs> All right. It's a positive blame. So, yeah, Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson is reportedly to be one of the tracks used in detention centers like Guantanamo Bay and Abu Ghraib. Marlon Manson responded to reports which claimed that his music was used by U.S. interrogators at the detention centers. Uh, at a recently published book titled The Penguin Book of Hell featured the list of tracks that were apparently used by U.S. officials when they were interrogating inmates. Uh, the book details a playlist called Oh, that's 
uh, what I call music. And description says that tracks were featured and play repeatedly at maximum volume for inmates to detention centers around the world. And it includes uh, Manson's Beautiful People, Christina Aguilera's Dirty. I find that funny. And I mean, Schnee's right. so, Somewhat Damaged. And Britney Spears, Baby, <laughs> One More Time. Uh, of course, Barney and Friends. And yeah. the Meow Mix theme. Or my two yeah. favorite, of course. But we've covered this before, Fro, right? Yes. Uh, I think... We I did think, this as a main topic a while ago. I think... I think... Uh, uh, the shark song should be on it. Because Mama Shark, 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 Shark. Mama Shark, Shark, Shark. Have you heard that? Mama Shark. I don't shark. think so. Daddy Shark, Shark, Shark. Daddy Shark, Shark, Shark. You haven't heard the most played... YouTube song of all time? <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, no, I don't think so. I oh, guess wow. not. Wow. Yeah, Manson shared a, f- a photo of uh, the relevant page uh, of the book uh, on his Twitter account uh, on October 24th, and he captioned the post, my new playlist. <laughs> right, and these, I mean, this uh, funny part is, this. Like, when did we cover this? Let me look. Uh, episode 145... We did music used in psychological operations. We covered this. I remember we even played the Meow Mix theme song because you'd never heard that before, Fro. Right. Uh, because, you know, they don't play it in Norway. Uh, and I think it's cool that Marilyn Manson... I mean, at the time, we had covered that all these artists had come out uh, against that list. And now it's Marilyn Manson added added to that list of artists that are against uh, the use of musical torture. Uh and then my favorite part of this article is down at the bottom for Meanwhile, Manson re- recently revealed an unusual new addition to his merch yeah, line. Yeah. A dildo with his face on it. Uh, the environmentally safe sex toy will set you back around $125. All right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, since I'm here, let me check. Uh, episode 55. All the way back in episode 55, Fro, we did the origin of Halloween, if you want to go people go back and find out what where Halloween really came from. Guess yes. what? It was the Catholic Church. Spoilers. Spoiler alert! <laughs> we thought the same thing! Oh, so, uh, from stupid uh, Madeline Manson things to even sadder news. Yeah, see, see how I'm doing the news here, Fro? I'm doing the news, I'm trying to make something fun and light and then do something sad and depressing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eleven dead in a shooting at the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's uh, synagogue. A gunman opened fire inside a busy synagogue during a service on Sunday in Pittsburgh, killing eleven people and injuring six others. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, six of those who was uh, injured uh, were treated at the local hospital. Four police officers were injured during the shooting. Uh, the injuries are believed to be non-life-threatening. That's good. Um, but yeah, um, uh, there was a statement by government uh, Governor Tom Wolf, uh, 
the these senseless acts of violence are not uh, who we are as Americans. Wolf said in the statements, "My thoughts uh, right now are focused on the victims, their families, and making sure law enforcement have every resource they need." Uh, President Trump called the shooting uh, was. Uh, far more devastating than anyone previously thought. Mr. Trump said that there would be a different outcome if the synagogue had armed guard at the building. Yeah, blame the fucking people that went in there because there wasn't armed guards. Right, like, what he's, what he's basically saying is you need armed guards everywhere at every business and every, like, house, like... What, is every single person in America going to be employed as an armed guard? How is that going to work? Yeah, no. It's it's uh, really, 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 really rich. Well, it's very sad, obviously. Uh, this was a... Um, racist, uh, xenophobic attack. This guy was anti-Jewish... Um, shouting anti-Jewish slogans and things as he went in there uh, firing is what's been reported. Uh, it says he used an AK-47 and two pistols. I think... Uh, I think this is something that's happening now, but at the same time, this has been happening for a long time? Yeah. You know what I mean, Fro? Like, I want to say... Uh, a lot of people want to say this is like a... a uh, an issue that's being created because of the climate in America right now, the political climate. Uh, and I would definitely say that about this, the bomber a hundred percent, uh, even though nobody died in this case, I think this is more similar to what we've seen in the past with, uh, the shooter that went into the church that killed all the, uh, that went into the black church. Remember that? And right. the guy who went to the Pul Pulse nightclub. And I think this is more in line with those kind of shootings than it is a politically motivated shooting. Oh, um, but that's just my personal opinion, I guess. Uh, no, maybe I, we'll find I, out I, more in the future. I know. Go ahead. No, I totally agree with you. Was, was uh, what I was going to say, because it's it's okay. it's pretty clear for me that this isn't politically uh, at all. He wanted to kill Jews. That was his um, point, uh, and that's right. what he um, did. Sadly, right. Uh, I mean, a lot of people saying because of the rhetoric in in America right now, it's heightening these people, and they're doing it because of that. Mm. It might be adding, but this has been happening since I was in high school, so I don't. I don't see the connection, you know what I mean? It's like the video game thing, you know? Where it's yeah. like, yeah, people are shooting people in America, but in in other countries that's not happening. And it, it, in this case, it's like, uh, we're going to blame this on the political climate now. And it's like, but yeah, but can you blame the things that happened in the past on the political climate now? That doesn't really work. And they were the same kind of thing. So I don't think it's really related. Um, but it is very sad, and I feel bad for all the families. Hey, uh, Norway uh, is uh, hosting the biggest NATO experience. Uh, experience, yeah, even that. Experience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the NATO it's like an Epcot World or Disneyland. The NATO experience. <laughs> Universal Florida. <laughs> uh, the 
were replacing it for the Back to the Future ride with the NATO experience. <laughs> Hashtag pro country. Oh, let's try that again. Uh, Norway is uh, hosting the biggest NATO exercise since the Cold War. Not as funny. No, that uh, was good. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix in the NATO experience. Sorry, I just had one more. <laughs> But yeah, no, NATO's biggest uh, military exercise since the Cold War, dubbed Trident Juncture 18. They they okay. couldn't find a more more strange name, I guess. Uh, uh, it's it, gum. It's, it's the gum gum Juncture 18. Trident gum, <laughs> I guess, and Juncture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, from October 25th to November 77th. Uh, around 500... Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, yeah, even him, he is there. Uh, around 50,000 troops. There we have it. Uh, from around 31 uh, countries, uh, NATO's 29 member states plus Sweden and Finland will take part of the man maneuvers organized in central uh, Norway uh, for the land exercise in North Atlantic and the Baltic Sea for the maritime operation and Norway, Sweden and Finnish airspace. It is more than uh, 10,000 soldiers uh, in the Strong Resolve exercise in Poland in 2002, but this is then bigger. Yeah, by five. Okay. So it's saying the biggest ever. It's, that's crazy. Yeah, since um, the Cold War. Or since yeah. the end of the Cold War. Right, yeah. okay, so... That is that is massive, and it's definitely this. I, I'm. It doesn't say it in this, but you, you know that this is supposed to be a a, a sign of uh or a, a sign of strength pointed towards Russia and probably China as well a little bit. But yeah. where it's happening, it's definitely a uh, a show of strength right aimed towards Russia, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, guess what? Uh, what uh, uh, our neighbor country. Uh, the Soviet Union uh, decided to do this week, as I call them. What Russia. Was that? They decided uh, to test uh, test uh, missiles in the NATO exercise area of Norway. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So they're trying to like maybe show um, some kind of strength back. Is that what you're yes. thinking, or they're trying yes. to be like, hey? Look at how big our guns are. I mean, our our penis penis. I mean, guns. Look how big they are. Right. Uh, yeah. We actually got a, a kind of an article related to this posted by Tron on our fa on our Facebook group, uh, which is kind of funny actually. Uh, it says here, U.S. soldiers drank almost all the beer in Iceland's capital. <laughs> uh, the massive NATO exercise, the biggest since the Cold War. It says. Uh, uh, it says that. According to bar owners in Iceland, the bars had to bring in emergency beer reinforcements, and the troops were partial uh, to cocktail uh, to a cocktail named the Trash Can. Okay, wow. so uh, the American troops drank up all the alcohol in Iceland. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
So, a little follow-up uh, to the Julian Assange story that we talked about last week and the week before and the week before that again. And before that again, and before that again. Um, <laughs> I, I, follow, I, I think it's our new Nazi train uh, update. What's happening with Julian well, Assange yeah, this just, week? It's just uh, this... Kate, the story has just continuously been uh, changing every week, so it, we have yeah. something new to cover on it every week. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel uh, like WikiLeaks founder like Julian Assange's. Sorry, uh, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's lawsuit over new asylum asylum conditions has been thrown out by Ecuadorian judge. Uh, the lawsuit we talked about last week, mm-hmm. uh, who says the country is not violating his fundamental rights. Uh, the judge said Monday that Assange wouldn't have to abide by the rules imposed by Ecuador's embassy in London. They include paying for his food, medical care, laundry, taking care of his cat, keeping parts of the embassy he uses clean, and obtaining prior authorization for visitors. Okay. Um, Assange, 47, accused Ecuador of being in talks with the U.S. and U.K., and of attacking his character during a 20-minute video link presentation uh, to the a court in the capital, uh, Quito. The foreign ministry set new rules uh, writing to Assange in August, right? Which we, we talked about, what, two weeks ago. So, uh, he's been in the held up in the embassy since 2012 when he was granted asylum as a bid to avoid extradition to Sweden where he was facing allegations of sexual assault. Since then, the case has been dropped, but Assange feels fears U.S. extradition due to his work with WikiLeaks. Uh, and another thing that came out that's not in this article, but I did post it up for you. To, it was the other article I posted up about this, Fro. Did you read that? No. Uh, the U.K. has said they're not going to extradite him to America, but that the charges of him... Skipping bail in the UK uh, are still up, so he could go to uh, he could get in trouble for skipping bail in the UK. But they said it at, ma- at maximum, it's like a couple weeks in jail and or maybe even just a fine of some type. So not a huge deal. Um, and, and the UK is saying they will not extradite him. So good news there. Cool. So. Hillary Clinton uh, teases 2020 run. She said, I would like to be president. Should we just listen to what she has to say? Right. This was another uh, conference at the uh, Recode conference. Clip of her at Recode before, I'd want to say a whole year ago, probably. Yes. Yes. Um, And this is just an interview with her there. uh, And we'll talk about it afterwards. Go ahead and give me a countdown. Fro. In three, two, one, go. Do you... We're going to talk about 2020 in a minute. Do you want to run again? No. Wait. No. That was a pause. Well, I, well I'd like to be president. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but she said I don't think no. that's how that works. Okay. Look, <laughs> I, I think... Hopefully, She's like, I just want to become a dictator uh, president where you don't have to vote for me. I don't want to have to run. I just want to be put in as president. I I don't know if that's what she's actually saying. I'm just making that up. We have confused our friends and our enemies. They have no idea what the United States stands for, what we're likely to do, what we think is important. 
Uh, so the work would be work that I feel very well prepared for, having been in the Senate for eight years, having been a diplomat uh, in the State Department. And it's just going to be a lot of heavy lifting. So um, are you going to be yeah. doing any of that lifting? Do you feel like? Oh, I have no idea, Kara. But I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to even think about it until we get through this uh, November 6th election about what's going to happen after that. Okay. So she doesn't okay. deny, deny it. She's like, no, I don't want to run, but I want to become president. Right, that's what she's saying. But uh, even to put out, I want to be president, is uh, it, it, people are definitely making people speculate. Hey, uh, she said, I want to be president, but she also said, I don't want to run for president. So those are very opposing things that she just said. They're exact opposites. So it's very confusing what she just said. Uh, not unusual that Hillary Clinton said something confusing, I suppose. She kind of no. talks in riddles all the time. But um, <laughs> I remember doing uh, a thing, I want to say, a year ago or maybe a little more, where she was doing an interview with a British journalist where she said she definitely is never going to run for president again. So we'll see if she keeps that, keeps that uh, in mind or in 2020, whether she decides to run again. I mean, I think if she's pushed enough... Maybe she will. What do you think? I think I don't want her as president. That's what I think. Right, okay. I mean, it also sounded like from that interview, <laughs> it was sounding like... Um, the way she was speaking, it was like, even if I'm not in as president, there's lots of work I could do in that... If there a Democratic got a, a Democrat got elected to the presidency... There's a lot of stuff, a lot of places I could go be involved, is what right. it sounded like. Like, maybe I'll, I'll go back to the State Department or something like that. So, But hey, Trump has the last message before the U.S. election. This is Trump where Trump tells the truth. Good news is not very often. Every time I watch the news these days, there's no good news at all. Well, Brazil got a new president to make... Uh, Donald Trump look like a preacher boy. And, well, the Republicans seems to win the Senate. And if they win the Congress, I don't know. Because nobody in the United States gives a fuck about voting anyway. But things can happen and things can get to the better. So let me present some good news. The Green Party made very good elections, both in Bayern and many other German cities. If you don't know what Bayern is, is conservative part of Germany. And when the Green Party nearly get 20%, that is extremely good. Strangely enough, this was not covered in news, because news these days only covers shit. If there are crazy person says some crazy shit, they cover it. If there is something really extremely bad happening, they cover it. So people are then getting depressed, they're getting deep down, destroyed in their fucking minds, just looking out the window saying, I cannot do anything, I, that doesn't happen anything good, but there are small hobs out there and if people have to see and look to those small hobs and get inside them, they can do something and they can bring on change I know a lot of you were disappointed when Bernie Sanders didn't win, and I get it but history is a big mess of disappointments your life is a big mess of disappointments, but you still live. You don't give up. You go to work. You do something. You don't stop falling in love just because your first 
two or three girlfriends or boyfriends what the shit you keep on going and you keep on doing things life even in politics even the people think people you know people you like and people you love sometimes going to be disappointing and that's the problem and that's also the challenge you can never give up anyway because if you give up the other side will win today conservatives win and they win all over not because there are not good enough people around because good people around they are depressed doesn't see anything hope and just think just being miserable is a religion it's not you have to get your fucking headed out of your fucking assholes fall in love again do something again because it's not gonna not be a big leader it's not gonna be people who give you everything and people who you love not gonna give you anything anyway so sometimes you say also that you should not go for the for the second best yes sometimes you have to go to the second best to become and see and get the best when you have your first job you didn't get on the top of the list once everybody had a shit job in their life and that's not with politics sometimes you had to accept some shit to get some gold this was Tron but Tron tells the truth and if you don't go and elect and vote next week you can go fuck yourself this is that was uh, Tron telling the truth. Uh, as you may be here, ladies and gentlemen, we have a little problem with delay. So if we talked about over each other on the last segment, we are having a little problem with Skype. Uh, yeah, a little problem. So hopefully it won't be too bad or it won't get worse. Uh, but it definitely got worse as we were going through the news there and we were talking over each other a little bit. But hopefully it'll... Uh, we hopefully we got it fixed. Um, as far as Tron tells the truth, uh, I got my ballot and I've pretty much finished it. I'm gonna mail it out today after we get done with the show. Actually, so cool. Yep. You mind uh, in Oregon, what you're watching? So, uh, uh, this is a lot of just <laughs> random ballots and then you know just local representatives and things like that. So nothing huge on this ballot here in Oregon. But we get the mail-in ballots, so we get them a little early. I got it two days ago so i started working on it yesterday and then i'll finish it up today so yeah cool uh we have an email address it's another digital citizen at gmail.com another the digital citizen in one word at gmail.com an email i actually do not know i always forget to check the email any, any spooky email <laughs> uh Nope, I'm not seeing any email. Nope, nothing here. So, yeah. any new on Facebook? Uh, just that maybe... article we covered, but we already covered that uh, as far as the ice news, uh, uh, the beer news. So, if anybody wants to post up anything on our Facebook that's interesting, as far as news news articles or anything like that, uh, if you want us to cover them on the show, we, we can. Or if they're if they're if you put hey cover this on the show, we'll cover it. If you just post it up and it's super interesting we might cover it or if you don't we might not that's the way i, I see it or you can email us <laughs> and we'll definitely cover whatever you send us an email at another digital citizen at gmail.com so time for manifest episode no uh, no there is no manifest this week <laughs> right <laughs> oh no whatever will i do with my life? but i do have some manifest so news sad. right uh 
Fro is not upset that there was no manifest this week. Uh, but I do have some manifest news that I found. Um, a little interviewer. Are you? Are you not sad? Are you? Are you happy? Are you, are you it's sad definitely a nice. No manifest. It's week? definitely a nice break uh, from manifest. Uh, and maybe yeah. when we go back to it, maybe yeah. like try to cleanse your mind, Fro, and go back into it with a fresh perspective next week and see if we can. You know, um, maybe enjoy it a little more than we are because it like seems it? like there's a lot of people that really like the show because it's the highest rated new show pretty much out there. The only the only things that are higher uh-huh. rated than it aren't new uh-huh. shows. Uh, there are a lot of people watching this, but yeah. found an article, uh, interview with creator of the show Jeff Jeff Rake, um, and he says the NBC series creator uh, uh, it has a six season plan. Uh, and in, he has a long-term oh. plan for Manifest. Uh, it says, in my first re- incarnation, I basically had a sense of the ultimate endgame, but as anyone who is right, watches or writes television knows, there's a long way from the beginning to the end. And over the course of a few years, it was I was unsuccessful in getting anyone to bite at the concept, and it's the, uh, the show spent a few years on the shelf. Uh, and then he says, I... Uh, he goes on to talk about how um, he definitely has a... Pl- he knows where the end is, Fro. He knows that there's... A, like, we were thinking it was more like Lost, but it's sounding like this guy definitely has a plan here. It also says, I'd encourage the audience to pay close attention to everything. Anything that's featured and highlighted, either in dialogue or in specific cutaway shots, to a number or an object, uh, everything is intentional. We are deliberately planting seeds, and a lot of them will grow into story strands over the course of the seasons. Uh, I'm creating an organic process. As we plant these seeds in the writer's room, we spend a lot of time thinking about uh, where we think the most important strands are and which ones are required for the most development. So that's actually kind of encouraging to hear that from the creator, Fro, to me. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I like that. Uh, yeah, let's talk about what we watched on TV, and um, we should uh, talk about wrestling first, because we both watched some wrestling this week. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was just going to cover what we watched right after wrestling, but we did watch the pay-per-view, uh, the all-women's evolution pay-per-view. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was decent. It didn't 100% feel like yeah. a classic WWE pay-per-view because it felt very... I don't know, it felt a little different. There were certain things we really liked and certain things we really didn't like. Uh, the Battle Royal was really good, I remember, Fro. Um, yeah. What else? The Becky Lynch-Charlotte uh, Flair match was very good. Amazing, yeah. Anything you it really enjoyed? Really, really good. Uh, well, what was after, I really... Enjoyed. Sure, we'll get into that in a second. But as far as the pay-per-view goes, I guess we say uh, it was decent for the last pay-per-view we're going to watch in a while. I definitely felt like I wanted to, you know, watch it just because it was the first all-women's pay-per-view. And it, it, yeah. it definitely delivered. Um, at the beginning, oh, yeah. the crowd was very sparse, and they were definitely using some crowd noises to kind of enhance the crowd chants at one point. Uh, the mix and the sound for the pay-per-view, for some reason, was all messed up, which is weird for WWE. And then the ending mm-hmm. bit kind of got mm-hmm. me when it was very much a curtain call, kind of, they all got up there and went, guess what? Wrestling's fake! And the heels and faces are all <sighs> hugging each other. I didn't really like that at the end, but after the end, what did we get oh. from? 
we got a very special Halloween episode from the uh, Hardy Co-Pound. Right. This is very funny. What do you think? Uh, it was amazingly funny. We talked about it when we were watching it. It was me, you, and uh, Bill. Uh, and we were saying how good it would be if they got like a 30-minute show on the network and how much I, w- I would actually watch that then right. if they got a, a thing on yeah, the Yeah, and they just got to, you know, build it all and then air it after they've done 10 episodes, you know, 22-minute episodes or you know, 10, 22-minute, right. 30-minute episodes or something. Uh, and hopefully Hardy, the Hardy people, whoever is, you know, behind the whole creative process of the Hardy compound stuff has enough material to, to fill that amount of time, but I don't know. But I would watch it if they made it, for sure. Me too. Uh, I would give it a 7, maybe, out of 10. Oh, I don't even know what to compare it to, as far as, like, you know what I mean? Uh, I I just had fun with it. It it was fun. Right, I know. I don't know how to give it an out of 10 unless I'm comparing it to something, though, because I don't know, you know what I mean? Uh, If I'm comparing it to the other Hardy Compound content, I would give it a... Six out of ten, I guess, because uh, there yeah. was crazier things that's happened at the Hardy Compound, but it was fun because it was just supposed to be a fun holiday special, and they were clearly just having an actual yeah. party. So you knew, like, when they yes. th- after they got done filming it, they all just went. The people who filmed it all just had a party there, and that makes it even funner to me. So, yeah, I'll give it a six, six point five, Definitely. maybe. Yeah. Uh, but because of uh, that pay-per-view, I-, I watched something because in the background I heard uh, the sister of Bill laughing, and I asked Bill what were they watching, and they said they were watching. Uh, the kids are okay, and because the, uh, they laughed so much, I watched two first episodes of The Kids Are Okay. Oh, is that what they were watching? The kids are all right. I think is what it's called. All right, right. sorry. The thing yes. I mentioned last week, right. But I thought it was the David Allen Greer Fox TV show. Okay. Uh, yeah, and guess what? Look, it's really good. Uh, Yeah, I watched the second episode really last good. night, and I, I had fun with it. Um, yeah. What would you compare it to to give people an idea of kind of what it is? <sighs> Malcolm in the Middle? That's a good one. Okay, like I, I had said, um, yeah, I had said, what did I say last week? Uh, Wonder Years, kind of, is what I felt I was feeling, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's what the David no uh, the David uh, Allen Greer show fro from Fox is called The Cool mm-hmm. Kids. That's why I kind of because the kids ah. I got it mixed up. Okay. Ah. Maybe that was what they were watching, and I watched the wrong. I think that's thing. what they said they were I watching. Watched, yeah. yeah, because I remember. <laughs> so, but you watched a good show, so it doesn't matter, really. <laughs> no, no, and I, 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 uh, I said I never heard about it, and I didn't. But it was really good. I enjoyed it tremendously. All right. Well, I watched three episodes of something Fro Fro watched last week, which was the guest book. Uh, did you see the yes. third episode from? 
Okay, I did. cool. Our, a returning character in the third episode from the first season, our counting guy, mm-hmm. the guy who loves to count things, and I, <laughs> and then he finds out how to cure him counting things, and it's very, very funny. The whole scenario with the uh, Chinese family and everything, that episode was very good. Um, I really like the concept. Uh, Crab Man kind of disappeared episode three, didn't he? But um, hopefully he'll, he'll be back. I hope so. Overall, this season, I'll give it a 7.5. I think it's definitely better than season one. Okay, cool. And that's why I didn't want to say say anything uh, when we talked about it last week, because I didn't want to have my judgment into it. Uh, before you started watching See, it. See, I was having a problem deci- and I, deciding I, whether it was better than the first season because I took notes. So it's hard, because it, when you take uh, notes, it's uh, it's not the same as when you're just watching it. So I thought maybe, I was having a hard time t- telling whether it was or not. I thought it felt like better show. Um, so I'm glad to hear you say oh, it. so much and, better. Uh, it makes me feel like, yeah, that yeah. Uh, you're probably correct. I mean, we definitely have some characters sticking around. And some new characters. Um, and the next episode looks like it should be interesting because of the whole baby situation is what what's going to come up in the next episode. So right. uh, looking forward to that. Uh, then I watched uh, something. Yeah, uh, let's talk about you. What did you watch? Oh, well, the other thing I watched uh, online, which I believe Fro watched, uh, Box Max annual Halloween special, which they do every year, Box Mac on YouTube. Uh, Red Cow Entertainment yes. does Box Mac. Yes. They did Boxademic, which is basically a... Mm-hmm. If anybody has seen the very terrible film Birdademic, which is probably one of the worst movies ever made, uh, it's up there for sure. Have you seen that, Fro? Oh, okay. okay. I love Birdademic. The special effects yeah. are, are god-awful in the film, and they, they definitely... And the dialogue and everything, and they... they put that into this box mac so they use all the box mac characters and instead of birds it's all these boxes of macaroni and cheese with wings flying around and attacking them it's very funny <laughs> and it, and they did such it a great really job cool. of like uh, uh making it bad on purpose and, and i think they really did a great job of it oh, yeah. i recommend anybody go check out boxademic on youtube Uh, then I watched uh, something really extremely shitty, and I watched all of it. I don't know why I watched all of it, but I saw uh, all the episodes of uh, Shilling Adventures of Sabrina on uh, Netflix. Okay. Uh, it's it's ten episodes. Um, I guess I am a completist. Well, you got all the way through, like, yeah. right? So couldn't yeah. have been that bad, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I give it a three. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Were you just in the mood to completely finish uh, it? If, little... if something was a three after two episodes, I'd be done. But you continued to watch. So what was that all about? Well. It's the same thing with you and that fucking Full House, I guess. Yeah, but I started watching Full House when it was originally on. It's not like I started episode one and I saw that it was a bad show, you know what I mean? That's different. (laughs) 
I guess so. I just, I, I just were, were, was hoping it was going to get better, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Also, I saw that like uh, the original cast of Sabrina was kind of uh, on some uh, YouTube channel. I don't remember okay. which one. And they were reacting to it, and they liked it, and things like that. And she's like, "Yeah, I'm supportive of this, and things like that." Oh, like they weren't. Uh, pay- we talked a little about it. Like they didn't get paid to do that. Bro, yeah. come on uh, now. <laughs> right, I know. But uh, we we talked about it uh, a little uh, when we were watching the paper, and and I I think uh, I'm a huge uh, fan of the original series. So I didn't go into this thinking it would be good, and it kind of proved for me it wasn't. So I don't know. I don't know why I watched it. I did. All right. Uh, I mean, what what else did I watch this week? I mostly just watched a lot of Roseanne because I've been trying to finish that out. And uh, let's see, I finished season five last night of, I think there nine seasons. There's nine seasons, not including the two, you know, m- most recent ones like the. Well, I guess the, this one doesn't count as Roseanne at all, does it? So there's there's nine seasons in the original, and uh, uh, I'm five way through, so over halfway through. But overall, uh, it gets better and better. It seems like the show increases in quality as it goes along, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm I'm on the hunt for something new. Uh, I'm kind of. I don't really have anything to watch right now, so I'm kind of in the middle. It's kind of sad because uh, there's nothing uh, that has come out that I'm like super stoked to go back and watch either that I haven't watched. So, if you have any clue what I should watch next, just tell okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really don't know what to ne- watch next, and I need something big, like something long. Right, okay. Uh, something that has been gone long. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't... Because I I really don't know what to to watch next, because I, like, yeah, there's nothing. I, I was beginning to think that I should see Awkward. Have you heard about that? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I downloaded the. Uh, it's five seasons of it, so I guess that's my new thing that I'm watch, uh, going to watch. Then I was beginning to think that I also should uh, watch uh, Midnight Texas, uh, uh, made by the same people that made uh, uh, True Blood. Oh, right. The same author, True, True Blood, and I really like True Blood. So maybe I will give that a chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. I'd have to get back to you. If anybody else can think of anything, uh, send it to send it to it. Fro, I guess at another digital citizen at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me give me examples of shows I should watch. I'm just going to see his friends again. <laughs> something stupid. <laughs> right, there's got to be something fun to watch. Like, if you're going to watch Friends, I don't know, watch Dharma and Greg or something funner than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dharma and Greg I haven't seen uh, all of either. I've seen, like, sparsely uh, episodes mm-hmm. of that. Maybe I should give that and watch it from the I beginning. I watched it last year, and I had a lot of fun with it, so that- yeah. It's that good? It's still fun. A lot of good jokes still, and it, it doesn't, um, 
It's not dated. There's not a lot of dated references as far as like political humor or anything like that. Uh, it, it it holds up. Yeah, I think it does. Did I get divorced? Who? Because I remember that was the story. Like, oh, at one point, at, at the end of one season, they get a divorce, and it's like at the beginning of next season, they get back together. It was like a cliffhanger at the end of a season. But yeah, that does happen. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I think I, I stopped watching it after that because I was like, oh, they got divorced. I am not interested Right, anymore. I think that's when the ratings started <laughs> to go down as well, and then I think a season or two later is when it went off the air, so yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you watched that you want to bring up? Uh, no, that was about all I watched this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than just the regular Purge shows, you know, good. Purge and this and that. So. Yeah. Purge was really good this week. Uh, I I've uh, I found the spirit uh, of Purge back with this episode this week. Um, you is still really good. Uh, yeah. And we got the answer in the Everything purge. Really the question good. I had in the uh, in the last episode of the purge, I want to say, or maybe it was the one before that, where I was asking, right. "How the hell is he tracking these people?" Uh, and yeah. we find out the answer to that, and they actually gave me an answer, which I was happy about. So, yes, I I was happy about that as well. They could have just left it. Left so, it they go. could have left that without any kind of answering yeah. and i think a lot of people wouldn't have noticed but me and you uh, so i'm glad they did no. so yeah <laughs> me too so let's go into the main topic of this evening uh, the laurel canyon conspiracy what is uh, the laurel canyon conspiracy right i mean uh laurel canyon itself is a place in los angeles um and the conspiracy is about right. the people that live in this Laurel Canyon, um, many very famous people came from there, and they're, it, the conspiracy is more about how they got famous and uh, how this one very small geogra geographical location in, in in the scheme of things, how so many famous and talented people came out of this one little area. Uh, I guess that's the conspiracy, right? Is that kind of a good description? Yeah. And also aliens. Right, I guess so. I mean, we'll have to get into that in a minute. I didn't really even find anything about aliens. Maybe <laughs> you can mention it to me, but... Let's go into Laurel Canyon, like where it is, what it's all about. Uh, Laurel Canyon is a mountainous neighborhood uh, located in the Hollywood Hills region of Santa Monica. Uh, the Santa Monica Mountains, sorry. In the Hollywood Hills West uh, district of Los Angeles. Uh... It says here Laurel Canyon is focused on its central thoroughfare, Laurel Canyon Boulevard. However, unlike uh, nearby canyon neighborhoods, Laurel Canyon has housing lining one side of the main street most of the way up to Mulholland Drive. So this is like, if you yeah. think about uh, nowadays especially, Hollywood and where all the rich people f live in it. Hollywood Drive, West Hollywood, this is, you know, this is the epicenter of that. But what we're kind of going to go into is the history of, like, uh, before the, it was considered kind of the place where all these famous people came from. Uh, right, so I'm, I'm going to go into Lookout Mountain here on the Laurel Canyon page, bro. 
because this is kind mm-hmm. of important. Uh, 1907, uh, a eight, an a 82 mile dirt road, uh, later named Laurel Canyon Boulevard, which I just ma- mentioned, ran up to the canyon, which divided uh, at is what called what is now called Lookout Mountain Road. The left, uh, the left road went up to Summit and the Lookout Mountain, and other went up to Santa Monica Mountains and down to San down the San Fernando Valley. Uh, so that's when they started making this place was in 1907. So, uh, you know, obviously they they weren't even making movies uh, really back then, uh, let alone there wasn't any kind of counterculture hippie scene, which is kind of what this came uh, turned into over time. Um, why don't you go into... Yeah, because... Uh... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, because it uh, uh, the uh, Lookout Mountain Air Force Station is there, uh, uh, and it is a former defense site. Uh, and did who did you say own it now? Uh, what I read, I don't know if he still owns it, but at least last year I read an article that said that. Um, wow, you put me on the spot. Now I totally can't remember. Anyway, it uh, uh, was uh, also uh, uh, had uh, photographs of United States Department of Defense of and then the uh, Energy Commission from 1947 to 1969. Uh, the facility was uh, built on 2.5 acres in uh, 1941 as well were two air defense centers to coordinate Los Angeles area radar installation. Uh, when the studio uh, was established in 1947, uh, the purpose was kept secret. The studio uh, consent of one large stage film laboratory, two screening rooms, four editing rooms, and animation, and still... A photo department, sound mixing studio, and numerous clim- climate-controlled uh, film walls using that is uh, like, the that's... last equipment. The studio. They say here. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll get into it, but that's a lot of stuff. In like they make it seem like this was just uh, one thing, but two screening rooms, four editing rooms. Like this is a giant facility uh, as far as uh, filmmaking goes, oh, yeah. especially in 1947 to have all this stuff. Uh, on 2.5 acres, uh, and they said it was kept secret. So con- continue with that. Sorry, interjecting. Uh, using the latest equ- equipment, the studio could process both uh, 35 millimeter, 60 millimeter color motion pictures, uh, as well as black and white and color still photograph. It was declared a uh, Los Angeles historic cultural mo- uh, mo- uh, moment number uh, 1098 in 2015. Right, now let's go down. Uh, of course, uh, this... Jared Leto. Jared Leto, Leto was the owner, by the way. Right, so uh, after... I guess it says in 2015 it was made a cultural monument, but I after that I had heard it turned into... At least the the building had turned into a drug rehab facility, and then Jared Leto bought it last year, I believe. So uh, I didn't know if he bought right. it for a private residence or whether he bought it maybe 
who knows? It could just be like an investment property that he's trying to resell, something like that. But he, as far as I know, he's the current owner of the place. But this was a secret military base, on Vic- a secret Air Force base. Yeah, on Wikipedia, it's... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on Wikipedia, it says that uh, owner, Jared Leto. Okay. Uh, what was I just talking about? Now I'm completely lost. Sorry. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We were talking about this. We were talking about that. Oh, right. This was a secret military base right in the middle of Hollywood, Fro. <laughs> Think about this. Secret right. Air Force military base right in the middle of Hollywood. And this secret military base had a, st- a giant movie studio with the ability to do everything you could possibly want in it, basically. Um, which makes people go, well, what were they doing in here? Uh, go down to formation of the 135 second mixture motion picture squadron. Right. So this was, uh, the air for, uh, it says air pictorial services was the primary photo unit, uh, at this, at this, um, air force base. Uh, it says all photography of atomic bond tests was quickly transferred from the air proving ground to the air pictorial service, which was under the command of the military air transport service. Uh, the APC was responsible for mapping the world and providing accurate aerial charts to military aviators whenever they needed. It was also producing air force training films, public information films and monthly newsreels. So th- this is what they're saying was coming out of this facility. Uh, the mix of motion picture squadron was re-designated uh, as the 135 motion picture squadron in 1952. Uh, the newly formed uh, mission of the motion picture squadron was to provide in-service production of classified motion pictures and still f- f- photographs for the Department of Air Force in support of atomic energy programs and to provide such additional production and motion picture and still photography as directed by the commanding general. Whew. Um, so they were making classified movies for the government. That's what this place was for. Yeah. You were right uh, when it, you, you said it was used as a rehab center uh, because uh, in November 2012, a former Air Force uh, film studio and laboratory was leased by 180 Center as Rehab Center, which, according to the broker slash blogger Jimmy Bayan, used to host out up to 18 residents uh, uh, at the time, which uh, who would dish up to $50,000 a month to live and recover in this re- re- uh, historic treasure. And as you said, uh, in 2015, Academy Award-winning actor Jared Leto pursued the property for uh, $5 million. <laughs> okay. So, well, I mean, that's who owns it now. Um, it says here, look yeah. out Mountain Air Force Station supported the AC uh, and documented uh, nuclear tests at the Nevada test site in Mercury, Nevada, beginning in 1951 with Operation Ranger. Uh, the nuclear tests were filmed in 35 and 16 millimeter color in Cinescope, VistaVision, and even 3D. Which, actually, if you go online on YouTube, you can see the 3D nuclear 
uh, bomb footage. Uh, I think it came out. We actually covered that wow. in the news when they released all that nuclear bomb footage. Remember that, Fro? Um, so this place yeah. in <clears throat> in 1951 was doing 3D of these nuke. So this place was so advanced as far as a film processing place. They were doing 3D and VistaVision and everything in 1951. Uh, probably, you know, before most people were, especially the 3D. Uh, one of the last underground nuclear tests covered by Lookout Mountain was Midi Mist in June 1967. So that's probably when they stopped doing that. Um, many of the films remain classified, it says. But after that, they started doing other movies, as far as I'm to understand. Did you see the one that's on YouTube, Fro? It was in an article I sent you. No. Among um, special film projects were films no. like the There Is a Way uh, on YouTube, which is told the story of a F-105 uh, pilot who flew to North Vietnam to bomb strategic tar- targets and often had to fight their way in and out of North Vietnamese. Uh, or no, again, Out against, against the North Vietnamese. Okay. So it was kind of a propaganda film uh, during the Vietnam War, kind of, I think. Uh, yeah. So they were also coming out with kind of propaganda films out of this place. That makes sense. I mean, it was Air Force Station creating films, so it kind of makes sense. But the whole reason that this is important to the conspiracy, Fro, is that during this 1967 period when they're making these kind of movies and make uh, and everything else is when the 1960s rock scene started to explode. And it started to explode directly out of this area. Yeah, I mean, well, we have names uh, that like range for so many people. Uh, let's uh, uh, say some people: Frank Zappa, Jim Morrison of the Doors, Carol King, The Birds, Buffalo Springfield, Kenneth Heat. John Mabel, uh, members of the band Eagles, the band Love, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills and Nash, uh, Peter Torkoff, the Monkeys, uh, the Beach Boys, yeah. Crosby, Stills and Nash, uh, and then I, so Jim many. Morrison was probably one of the biggest ones. Did you mention that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, and Frank Zappa was another big one. I mean, these people all came out of this one little area and that's just a few of them. There's a lot of other bands and they all came out of kind of the same area. Um, at the same time as this, uh, as the, uh, anti-war movement is happening against the Vietnam war. Uh, and at the same time as this Laurel uh, outlook mountain place is making these anti or pro, I guess, uh, Vietnam war movies. They were especially the one we were just talking about. Why is that interesting? Why? Where's the conspiracy here? Well, people believe that these counterculture groups, these uh, Frank Zappas and these other groups, maybe they were being pushed by the government as uh, f- using this facility to make them famous. Uh, during this time of anti-war. Is that what you're to understand about the conspiracy? Right. Bro? Yes. So yes. a lot, what is one of the reasons they, that the people who believe in this conspiracy think that that's the case? Are you asking yes. me? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, there were, uh, 
there was a lot of uh, of people uh, that was from the same place. I mean, that is one of the arguments that I heard. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the biggest ones is that... Was that what you were thinking All about? these people were... Uh, all these... I guess they were all young people. All their families were military families as well, in one way or another. Um, right. They they all lived in the same place. There was a secret secret military base there, and all their families were also military families, which seemed kind of... When you do the research... Uh, at least the research I've done. Uh, specifically, one of the biggest examples that I saw was Jim Morrison, whose dad was uh, an Air Force or a Navy general, I believe. So he was um, in command of ship, uh, a certain ship, and this ship also happened to be involved in the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which is the thing that started the Vietnam War, fro. So Jim Morrison's dad mm. was involved in the thing that started the Vietnam War. Then Jim Morrison comes out as one of the biggest anti-war voices of that period. So people are thinking, uh, well, why yeah. would that be the case? Why, why would that be the case, Fro? If why would they want to have somebody come out and be anti-war if the, if his dad was pro-war? Why, why would that make sense? Wouldn't they want him to be pro-war and not anti-war? No, because if they have an anti-war voice uh, that is controlled by them, they can control what he says and how he relates his opinion. And how he's perceived, right, exactly. That's what I was thinking. That's the conspiracy here. Is right. that, I guess the real big conspiracy is that the government used the... They, they took these people like the Beach Boys and Jim Morrison and the Birds and these bands at the time. They, they made them famous. They used the connections uh, within Los Angeles and, and the film scene especially to make these people famous. One, reason, one place I, I, I saw was saying at the same time all these clubs, uh, music clubs, started popping up in Los Angeles. Uh, which these these kids were going to and playing, and that's kind of where they started to get known. Um, but at that time, Cal or Los Angeles was not a hub of music. It was a hub of movies. Uh, the places that were famous for music during that time were like Nashville or uh, Chicago or Detroit or New York. These are the places where people went to make music, you know what I mean, depending on what kind of music you made. Um, and all of a sudden, mm. Los Angeles at this time became this mecca for music and so what people believe is that the government did this to like you said fro make an anti-war movement that they could control and also most people in that time period you know the mid-60s or whatever are very straight laced it was a different time if you saw somebody like jim morrison right. they were out there and uh uh they were crazy but some of the anti-war people were just students, like the students' unions and stuff like that, who were against war. If you can put the face of the anti-war right. movement as this crazy person who's Jim Morrison, who's like, I don't know, in the movies, like drinking blood and all those other things that you've seen in uh, the history of him, uh, and like getting naked on stage and all that stuff, if you can put that as the face of the anti-war movement, it discredits it to people who see that as crazy. So that's kind of the real conspiracy behind it, is that the government was trying to use these... 1960s counterculture groups to uh, discredit the anti-war movement. 
using, I guess, the Lookout Air Force, Air Force Base as kind of a hub is my idea of it. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and it is extremely interesting because I, I think uh, we should maybe go a little into uh, one of the main guys that we, we talked about or we have listened to this week, uh, David McGowan. Should we go? Oh, one class? thing I wanted to say about Lookout Mountain that we kind of skipped over is people who actually work there okay. uh, at this Lookout Mountain facility who actually had like pa- passes to get in. Um, people you might have heard of, like Walt Disney, Marilyn Monroe, uh, and Ronald Reagan, when he was an actor, uh, had passes and worked at this right. uh, Laurel Mountain Outlook, uh, Mountain Outlook facility. So, interesting. Oh, it also says Steven Spielberg and George Lucas also worked there. Mm. So, this, this was a big... Yeah. Cool. And all those people are famous now as well. So, adds to the conspiracy. Yes, uh, I I think it, it it's it it is kind of interesting. Uh, what I I find the most interesting about it is is that uh, all of them came in the same period. If you look up the flower power uh, generation and kind of what was going on, it was a political movement. Yes. Uh, uh, and also uh, like the uh, the protest against Vietnam and and things like that, it, it was uh, heavily politicalizedly used. Oh, definitely, especially if, from Nixon's side. Yeah, and if you look at this whole thing, uh, as far as that the the beginnings of the nineteen sixties, uh, I guess cultural revolution as we'd call it, or like the anti war movement. Uh, when we, when, at least when I think of it before now, before doing this research, I've always thought of it as like 1969, hate Ashbury is like the, the summer of love, the beginning of the anti, the beginning of the hippies, the beginning of the anti-war movement. But these people like Joni Mitchell, the mamas and the papas and, uh, the, the birds and, uh, uh, like all these other people, they can't, this, this started in 1967 in Los Angeles. So that was two years before the mm. whole hate Ashbury thing. So, uh, that's wild. It kind of changes my whole perception of that, that, that point in history in a way, but the guy who really came up and also it sorry. could make a good argument. Sorry. No, it could also make a good argument for, uh, them, uh, being pre, uh, uh, sure that, uh, Making sure that they will would build up people that came from those uh, places through this uh, uh, Laurel Canyon Air uh, Air, uh, Air Force space uh, that they were aware, aware in '67 where the war was going and things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. So they were pre. pre but I feel like in, at yeah. that time there were uh, there was already an anti-war movement, but it was more. A clean, like it was more clean cut. It was like student, like student unions that were anti-war movement, like uh, uh, that were more cl- clean cut kids. They weren't just you know hippies who were dancing around in circles on acid. That came later, uh, and right. then that became the right. face of the anti-war movement. And that's kind of interesting to think about if that's really what happened. If the if if it was influenced by the government and they decided, hey, let's put a bad face on the anti-war movement. That kind of like. 
it, it in a way it makes me go, oh wow, that that's nefarious. But did it really work? I guess is a good question because um, now, kind of because uh, as we talked um, before, LSD was made. Uh, uh, and they needed people to experiment on what is better to have live specimens in the flower power movement that, that they can you know, control and have uh, using drugs right. and look how, how it affected them. Right. We, and if this uh, conspiracy I is I think true. we covered kind of that in the past when we did LSD experimentation on people. We did it kind of did it at that about yeah. the soldiers, but it also was happening in certain campuses around uh, the country here in America. Um, the CIA was doing... And if they used it... Uh, yeah, and if they used it on famous people, they could use it in their propaganda. Uh, you get famous people to, like, say, oh, try some... Oh, yeah. Try some of this, or try something... Of this, right, yeah, uh, and uh, and and it's the state that is telling them that they should uh, tell other people to try that it, was a, so they can control. That them. was a, another actually pretty good argument I heard from somebody. Um, was that uh, during the, these 1960s time, the drug laws were extreme. You know what I mean? People, you would go to jail for a really long time just right. for like a a joint, like a tiny little amount yes. of marijuana, let alone LSD. Um, and these giant oh, yeah. major rock groups were basically doing it right out in the open, telling everybody they were doing drugs, and none yeah. of them ever was arrested for anything. Yeah. That's kind of strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it adds so credence that could, to that, that idea. That could be proved for the, that this conspiracy. That's is what true. I was saying. Yeah, that's another that's another piece of evidence that suggests yeah. that there's some kind of collusion with the government or the police or something to keep them safe from arrest. Um, and yeah, there it it has been proven, like you said, that, that some of the LSD experiments were done by the CIA. Uh, I believe they were called the Kool Aid Acid Tests or whatever it was. Um, were done by the government. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but let's go into the guy who kind of, I guess, he was the person who really put together this conspiracy. Uh, it had been kind of talked about, but he put it down on paper in a book. Uh, this guy named David McGowan. Yeah, one of my big heroes of of uh, uh, he died young uh, in November twenty uh, fifth. It's kind of uh, uh, no November twenty third, age of uh, fifty five. He died of cancer, sadly. Uh, he uh, he has uh, written uh, some documents. Uh, Finder's Keeper. That was an article on mind control. Uh, he's been a, he's and how it was. Uh, he's definitely conspiracy yeah. theory based because there's moon landing conspiracies. He's got written about nine eleven. He's written about MK Ultra, the Lincoln assassination. Uh, he wrote about the Boston Marathon bombings. So he definitely focused on the conspiracy side of things for sure. But he also wrote a book uh, called Weird Science Inside the Canyon, Lower Canyon, Code Overt, and the Dark Heart of the Hippie Dream. Right, why don't you 
Maybe you will read You want me to the... read that? I'll read the description yeah. of it, right. Uh, you can buy this on Amazon if anybody yeah. feels like it uh, for 20 bucks. I think it's it says, yes, it's also available on Audible. So if you want to go get this on Audible, you can get it free using our trial, uh, Audible, uh, audible.com forward slash another digital citizen. Get, get this free and then 30-day trial and get a free book if you wanted to do that. Um uh, the description says, Laurel Canyon in the 1960s and early 70s was a magical place where a dizzying array of musical artists congregated to create much of the music that provided the soundtrack to those turbulent times. Uh, members of the bands uh, men, members of bands like Birds, Buffalo Springfield, The Monkees, The Beach Boys, The Mamas and the Papas, The Turtles, The Eagles, The, Fr the Flying Burrito Brothers which I had never heard of before this show, but I love that name. Uh, Frank Zappa and the mm, yeah. and the Mothers of Invention, Steppenwolf, Captain Beefheart, uh, Three Dog Night, Alice Cooper, The Doors, uh, Love with Arthur Lee, along with singer-songwriters such as Joni Mitchell, Judy Collins, James Taylor, Carol King, Jackson Brown, David Blue, uh, lived together and jammed together in this uh, community nestled in the Hollywood Hills. But there was also a dark side to this scene. Many didn't make it out alive, and many of those uh, of many of the deaths remain shrouded in mystery to this day, uh, which we'll get into the deaths a little bit in a second. Far more integrated into the scene, more than uh, into the scene than most would care to admit, was a guy by the name of Charles Manson, uh, uh, along with his murderous entourage, mm -hmm. also floating up uh, the. Uh, floating about were the various political operatives and upcoming politicians and intelligence personnel, the same sort of people who just happened to give birth to many rock stars populating the canyon, right? Like giving birth as in they were their kids, and all the canyon's colorful char characters, rock stars, hippies, murderers, and politicos happily coexisted alongside a covert military installation, which we just talked about. Uh, so that's what his book's about, and it, it, mm -hmm. I haven't read it, but uh, supposedly it lays out everything we're kind of talking about here. And like it said there at the end, Marilyn uh, Marilyn Manson—that's what we were talking about earlier. Charles Manson uh, hung out here, yeah. hung out with these people, <laughs> and was you know part of this yeah. scene as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Did you hear anything about Charles Manson in this whole scene? Yes, uh, I did. I, I listened to two two podcasts, I think, uh, with this guy, David McGowan. Really interesting. You should look it up on Lots YouTube. Lots of good audio from everybody. him, yeah. Uh, He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and he, he, he talks he talks about uh, all of this, and it's it's really clear. I, I, I don't... I don't think he's crazy. He's he's really in good informed, but his conclusions are kind of wedge. If you get what I mean, uh, uh, I, I I think I think uh, uh, he's spoke a, a lot about uh, this uh, uh, political operatives and how 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 it was. Uh, uh, the same sort of people, uh, like you said, that also gave birth to like many of the rock stars. But a lot of the times in in the and stuff it's he's kind, it's kind of go, go ahead. Yeah, no, come on. He definitely, at least in the stuff that I watched, he doesn't ever say like 
uh, he knows everything that happened. Uh, he, a lot of the stuff he says, uh, best, especially no. about Lookout Mountain, he's like, this could this could be what was happening there. We're not sure. A lot of it's secret. It is a secret military base. I don't know 100% what was happening there, but this is what I do know. Uh, and he's just trying to connect the dots, but he definitely never says it doesn't go as far out there as some conspiracy theorists who go, this is what happened. And th- and then this happened and this happened. At least he kind of keeps it open to, okay, there could, there could be other explanations. Uh, he's good at, uh, or he was good at that before he died. I think. Yeah. He kept it open for interpretation for, for sure. But, uh, and, but uh, I, th- I, th- I think it's uh, kind of m- mind-blowing information about like people, about the famous people and, and how we, they were connected to the uh, Canyon era. I, and it's also a lot about the 60s and, and how it was kind of the, the lost generation. Uh, it's, it's, it's really awesome what what he talks about, I, I found it extremely interesting, and I, I do think. Uh, could you give the names for of the two things that you shared with me? I don't have it up right now. Oh, I can find it in a. It was called. Uh, why don't you look on the Facebook and and I'll read this other thing that I have up right now. Yeah. It's about. We were just talking about the Manson murders, but something even closer happened in Laurel Canyon that maybe people haven't heard as much of. Uh, this actually happened in Laurel Canyon. It was called the Wonderland Murders which happened on Wonderland Avenue in Laurel Canyon. Uh, LAPD, de- LAPD detectives at the time were recorded saying the crime scene was bloodier and more gruesome than that of the Tate LeBlanc uh, murders, the Manson family murders. Uh, this happened right around the same time as well. Uh, five people were murdered and killed in a known drug house of the Wonderland gang. Um and and yeah, it, this this was kind of all around the same time, but it definitely kind of shows you. In, I I would say the Manson murders is definitely the beginning of the end of the '60s uh, movement. You know what I mean? It kind of d- died off, kind of right after that. Uh, and this was happening around the same time. Uh, I think it's something that's less known about, but it's even more gruesome, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, the Lip TV2. The Lip TV2 had a thing called CIA Hippie Mind Control Inside the Laurel Canyon with Dave McGowan. That's maybe my favorite. Right, that one was a podcast. With yeah. uh, Michael Parr. Yes. A uh, really good one. And the other one was called uh, David McGowan. Gowan, the Laurel Canyon conspiracy, and it's a laminated uh, scam. Okay, yeah. Uh, just look up like the titles yes. of that, and you'll probably be able to find it. The other one was like an interview, yes. like a very you know in front of a desk kind of news style interview, more than it was a podcast. But they both had very good information. Right. I think the first one had more information, but it's also an hour and a half. And the other one's like forty five minutes. Yes, so. Yes. So, uh, what do you think about this conspiracy? Yeah, do we have any other things we need to cover about this? No, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, It's crazy to think about. I mean, the whole concept here is that the government was behind the whole 60s revolution. Uh, 
that I ever, mm. all these people that, at least people I know now that are, you know, older, you know, in their 60s or 70s who were in that generation, were they all just duped into thinking that their lot, that, that, that was, uh, how they lived their lives for so many years? Were they duped into this by the government? It's crazy to think about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it rates not really high on the crazy scale, but um, uh, that it has a lot of of uh, inflections into society when it comes to music and literature and and uh, pop cultural stuff we like right, today. Yeah. Um, and anti anti war. Maybe rated the six. Oh yeah, yeah. I would rate it a six out of ten, maybe. Okay. On the um, crazy scale. <laughs> well, last week I was talking about controlled opposition and telling you about that, and that's kind of the idea here: is that these bands were all controlled right. opposition against the anti-war movement, and in right. that way, I got to go higher than you. I'm going to go seven, because that's crazy. If the government was mm-hmm. using controlled opposition, using mu- oh, yeah. music, we were just talking about music and psychological operations. This is kind of a massive psychological right. operation using music. So that's, yeah, that's wild. So seven for sure. So it's time for the movie round. Uh, I will do as I did last week. I saw one really good movie, one really bland movie, and really, one really shitty movie. What, which one do you want first? Uh, I guess let's go the good movie first this time. Change it up since we did the other <laughs> way last time, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what we did uh, the last time. Uh, I watched uh, something I don't think you especially will like. I watched AXL about this dog that we talked about. Right, uh, yeah. I think we talked about it the digital review. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, it's not like it's a contender of the best movies I've seen this year. But... It was really entertainment. Uh, uh, it's one of the better like Netflix movies I've seen. Uh, I think it was Netflix at least. I, I just saw it uh, outside. But uh, yeah, AXL about this me- mechanic dog and his owner. I would give it a, a seven and a half out of ten, maybe seven, maybe. Oh, okay. I think we did that in the other films, is what we did. We didn't do an ADR of it. Yeah. But I do remember covering it. Yeah. Let's see, what did I see? Uh, The first thing I saw this week was a movie called Seven in Heaven. This was a... Seven in Heaven? Yep. Uh, Like Seven Minutes in Heaven, but it's called Seven in Heaven. It's a Bloomhouse production, Fro. If you know Bloomhouse, their horror movie production company. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It was about some kids who uh, do, they're at a party and they do the whole seven minutes in heaven. I don't know if that's a thing in Norway. Yes. uh, Yeah, okay. Okay. And um, they end up in a different dimension. Uh, Overall, it was a pretty good film, uh, well put together. The acting is ho-hum. The actors are not the best quality, but the storyline is pretty pretty fun. I'd recommend this movie. I'm going to go, I'm going to go all the way to a seven on this guy and recommend it to you, Fro. I think you should check mm. this out. I think you'd enjoy it. 
Okay, uh, the whole hum film or the shit film? Uh, let's go with the ho hum film. That was uh, in the movies. I saw a ho hum film. It was the Norwegian movie, The Murders in Congo. Uh, the true story about Shasta Mulam and his partner uh, that was uh, in uh, Congo and was accused of killing uh, a man uh, in Congo uh, on the assignment, and then they were accused of being spies for Norway oh. against the Congolese. Uh, yeah. When this comes out, I'm going to ask you to watch this movie because my biggest problems with this is the Norwegian actors in it, and I don't like him. And I, I I didn't like the acting, and maybe you will not have as biggest problem with that because you don't know them uh, in other roles. Sure. You see what I mean? Yes. Okay. Uh, but I, I I will give it a five out of ten. Oh. More how how hum than that you don't get. Okay. Right on. Um, and it was in Norwegian, I'm assuming. Uh, it was in Norwegian and English, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's we'll see. Because what... they are in Congo, and in, in Congo, they speak English. They're trapped in Congo. Of right. The major part of this movie is where, when they were trapped in Congo. Well, I guess my question then is, is the Norwegian subtitle in English? Sorry? Is the Norwegian subtitled in English in this film? Oh, I have no clue. You just watched it. Because I saw it in a Norwegian. Oh, right. I, I watched it in a so the, cinema. So the answer is no. Why would it, okay. Why, why would it be subbed in English in the Norwegian cinema? If it was a movie made in America with Norwegian in it. Ah. See, I don't. you didn't say that, ah, so I didn't know. I, you just said it was in a Norwegian cinema. Right, okay. It's a Norwegian movie, yes. Okay, there we go. Down to the bottom of it. There we go. Um, all right. I, uh, I saw a movie this week, a sequel on Netflix, 14 cameras, the sequel to 13 cameras. Uh, so yeah, did you see this or, or no? No, I need to see it. Okay. Um, overall, uh, it was definitely just as creepy as the first one. If anybody didn't see the first 13 cameras, it's about a guy who puts cameras in this house and is watching people. It's a, he's a voyeur and he's the... They found this actor who's, like, the most creepy-looking dude ever. Right, Fro? Yes. And, uh, overall, uh, this sequel, it added more to this story. It kind of explained some of the stuff from the first, uh, movie. I gave it a 6.5. Okay. Yep. What would you give the original? Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Um, probably around a 7. So pretty close, six, six, yeah. it's probably, it's pretty e even to that one. Um, it wasn't any worse, it wasn't any better, to be honest. Uh, the ending is kind of a weird cliffhanger ending, so I'm assuming they're setting up for another one, but who knows. Let me guess what it's going to be called. Maybe 15 cameras? Right, yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing that might be what it's called. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, my list favorite thing I saw this week was 100% fresh 
and uh, this is a stand-up uh, thing with Adam Sandler. Oh. Uh, it didn't get the hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I can give it that. Uh, but no, this was really, really bad. Uh, I told you a little about this uh, during the pay-per-view, and I said, "There's nothing new here. There's nothing funny here. There's Adam Sandler standing on a stage trying to do his old stick gimmick." All right. So, out of ten, uh, two. <laughs> Alright. Uh I'm definitely not gonna watch it. I saw I saw it was on there and I was tempted, but I was like, this can't be good. Uh the last thing I saw this week, uh, because of what we're gonna do another digital review of, I I had thought I had seen all the Johnny English movies with Rowan Atkinson. Uh I had seen the first one, but I realized that the, the thing we're doing in ADR is the third one, so I went back and watched the second one. Uh, which I guess was called Reborn, Johnny English Reborn. That was the second movie, um, and I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it, uh, it's got Scully in it from the X Files, whatever her name is, and uh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Some of the funniest chase scenes ever. The chase scene where yes, uh, the guy's doing all like the parkour <laughs> and everything, and he's just like being all calm <laughs> and walking, like <laughs> very funny. Uh, I gave it a eight, a solid eight. I'd recommend it to anybody. Wow. Okay, are you ready for another digital review then of Johnny English Strikes Again? Dramatic. We know it's a comedy and they're making it all mm-hmm. dramatic. <laughs> and really cool music as well. They're trying to make a James Bond. No, I mean, it's supposed to be in a James Bond spoof. That's the whole idea. You're looking particularly beautiful. (laughs) 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 Okay, so he's working in a school. The identities of our serving agents have been exposed. The country is in a state of complete chaos. The universe sends me you. Oh! Yes, all right, Buff. We're going on a mission, not a honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) They're stuck together. Oh, good. Destination? South of France. The classic James Bond road scene. Arm the missile. They're just cyclists, so they're French cyclists. Shoot the problem. Oh, they're French cyclists. That's funny. She's the key to this case. I'm not sure I've ever met a man quite like you. Let me clear up the uncertainty. Who's she? Uh, you haven't. Never seen her before. I've seen her before. Yeah, maybe that I need a better shot oh, of her. Oh, reality. It's completely immersive, and something mm. can track their actual surroundings. I think we can pretty much guarantee that's not going to happen. Um. Ah. Oh, jeez. It reminds me of the guest book with the guy with the VR in the second episode. Very funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was probably the best episode. <laughs> uh, Rowan Atkinson really is like the Leslie Nielsen of this generation. Yeah. 
But he was the Rowan Atkinson of my generation. Until we meet again. No, I I don't know where I've I've never seen her. I don't think, bro. That was than I expected. Uh, wow. That was good. I want to see it. I can say that. So, yeah, yeah. What is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Uh, the new adventure begins when a cyber attack reveals the identity of all active undercover agents in Britain, leaving Johnny English as the Secret Service's last hope. Called out of retirement, English dives headfirst into action with a mission to find the Mastermind Hacker. All right, so this got... 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.6 .6 out of 10 on IMDb, 38% on Metacritic? What is this Rotten Tomatoes score all about? Uh, 2 out of 5 from Common Sense Media and 94% of Google users like okay. it. Uh, let's see. Uh, where do you want to go first or should I? You can go okay, first. Okay, found some short ones here, um, and one long one. I'll do them. I guess I'll do them all. Ray Morris says uh, from the Facebook, uh, "Great laughs and saves the world." Nose umbrella. What more could you ask for? Um, Stephen Campbell says, "Saw the movie today. Lots of laughed. Enjoyed it very much." And then Zachary Lowkey says. Well, to be perfectly honest, in my humble opinion, of course, without offending anyone who thinks differently from my point of view, but also looking into this matter in a different perspective, and without being conde condemning of one's viewpoint, and, and by trying to make it objective, and by considering each and every one's valid opinion, I honestly believe that I completely forgot ab about what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, that's good. No, oh, that's funny. Yeah, um, I found Ellen S uh, two and a half star and said it was fine, not the best, way too stupid time to time, but it's Johnny English. I knew what uh, I would uh, get when I started watching this movie. I had low expectation. So therefore, it was okay. I won't watch it again or recommend it to anyone, but yeah, it was fine. That's one uh, two and a half star that I found. Uh, and then uh, I found John Jim P that said, if Richard hated this, I hated it. Richard? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, Richard, you know. Richard. Okay. Richard. The yeah. great film critic, Richard. <laughs> mm hmm. Okay, what. So, what else came Oh my out gosh, this, this delay is killing us this week. We should just say it again. This delay is killing <laughs> us. Uh, what else came out this week? I'll, I'll start. Uh, with Hunter Killer, uh, an American submarine captain, Joe Glass, is on the hunt for a U.S. sub in distress in the Arctic Ocean. He soon learns that the secret there that a secret Russian coup is in the offing of a conspiracy that threatens to dismantle the world order. Uh, this sounds like propaganda. Uh, let's see. Directed by Donovan Marsh, starring oh Gerard Butler. Gary Oldman, 
Michael mm. Nyskvist. Uh, never heard of him. Sure. Uh, Common is in this. Common, he's in every movie nowadays. Even if it's like a little tiny movie. He's in everything. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think we had this. This is like the third way, two, third week in a row that you had said common. It's got to be at least the third week, if not more. Uh, it's got the main character, the marine oh. guy from the TV show The Purge. Fro is Gabriel Shavaria. He's in it as well. Yeah. Cool. Um, I found Invisible from two thousand and eighteen. Uh, fresh out of seminary and basic training, Army Chaplain Darren Turner receives order to deploy to Iraq, leaving his wife behind to care for his three young children. The harsh realities of war will soon take toll of on Turner and his battalion, making it hard to stay connected to his beloved family. When Darren finally comes home, the Turners must decide. If they're willing to face one more battle, the fight to save their marriage. This is made by Pureflix. Uh, Pureflix is a religious company, so I'm guessing this is a religious yeah. movie. Uh, directed by David G. Evans. Uh, has Justin Bruning, Badrilyn, Carol, Sarah Drew, and Jason Winston George in it. I have no clue who these people are. Uh, 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 53% on Metacritic. Okay. Uh, I, I definitely had seen this Justin Bruning guy. He was in Grey's Anatomy. Uh, he's in. He was a TV actor. He's been in some TV shows you've probably seen. Ah. CIS and things like that. Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. All My Children. Mm-hmm. For a while, he was in All My Children. Oh, the other movie coming out this week, mid the mid uh, no, it's called Mid Nineties, all one word. Um, in nineteen nineties, Los Angeles, thirteen year old Stevie escapes his turbulent home life by hanging out with a new group of friends he meets at the local skate shop, uh, plunging him into a world of fun, danger, and excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Jonah Hill, screenplay also by Jonah Hill. Um, Starring Catherine Watterson, uh, Lucas Hedges, some people that don't even have pictures because, I, as I'm to understand, he just cast some actual skateboarders, you know what I mean? So they don't actually have any an IMDb or anything. Well, I guess they right. probably do now, but... Uh, and then a bunch of other people you've never heard of. Uh, what has this got? 7.8 out of 10? And I really want to watch this. 77% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes, 67% on Metacritic. What were you saying, Fro? I really want to watch Yes, this. as do I. Uh, I don't. It could be terrible and I could hate it, but it could be cool. But it was. This is how I grew up. I uh, was hanging out at the skate park in the mid-90s, so... But yeah, now it's time for a new segment. Monthly movie money bet. Uh, how and what are we doing? Luke? Right, I got all the movies that are coming out next month because it's the 31st today, obviously. So uh, the November movies, all the mo- movies coming out in November, we're going to look at them all. Um, we're going to go over them and then me and Fro are going to pick one each uh, to win. And the winner will be determined by which movie makes the most profit uh, that month. 
so uh, we're kind of it's a little iffy as how we're gonna work it because so hopefully we'll be able to find the money for all of it uh, if we can find the international or the domestic we're gonna go by one of those two we haven't really decided yet but it's whoever makes the most money uh, and so let's go through these movies you want to do one and one uh, the first one was Bohemian Rhapsody a drama by Fox and uh, then it's nobody's fool and uh... Comedy by Paramount. Uh, the Nutcracker and Four Realms, an adventure by Buena Vista. Dr. Seuss, The Grinch, 2018, an animation from Universal Wide. Uh, oh, Wide means that's how many theaters it is in. Uh, so. Oh, oh, oh Wide okay. means Wide means it's going to <laughs> all theaters. Yeah. <laughs> So the other oh, ones up okay. there, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was 4,000, Nobody's Fool was 2,400, Nutcracker was 3,766. Uh, if you're going to pick one, Fro, I'd recommend Wide, because you're going to get a better chance of more money. Does that make sense? All right, so the next movie, uh, The Girl in the Spider Web, uh, The Girl in the Spider's Web, a new dragon tattoo story, crime thriller by Sony Columbia. Then it's Overlord by Paramount, and it's a horror. Uh, sequel to Fantastic Beasts, the uh, Fantastic Beasts, the Crimes of Grindwall, fantasy by Warner Brothers. Instant Family, a comedy by Paramount. Uh, Widows, a Fox movie. Uh, it's a crime thriller. Uh, then we have Creed 2, that is a sport drama by MGM. Mm, da, da, da. Green Book, a comedy drama by Universal. Ralph Breaks the Internet, an animation from Bono Vista. Uh, Robin Hood, 2018, an action adventure from Lionsgate Summit Productions. The Position of Hannah Grace, a horror by Sonny and Screen Gems. Okay. Um, and, uh, we've decided Fro's gonna go first, because, number one, I wrote out all these films, number two, uh, Fro lost the bet last time, so we'll have him go first, and then if he wins this time, I'll go first next month. That's how we decided to do it. So, Fro. Right. What are you thinking? Is it in, is it in between any, any of the other ones, or is it pretty easy for you? Pretty easy? Oh, yeah. Oh, Definitely. No, uh, for me it was between three okay. three movies. Uh, I I kind of want to hold my cards into my my hand, but I will say uh, it was between Rough Breaks the Internet, uh, Creed Two, and Fantastic okay. Beasts. Uh, that was the three that I was thinking about. Uh, Rough Breaks the Internet. Purely because it's an animation, and I think an animation has more uh, more uh, wide spread uh, chance than uh, uh, Fantastic Beast. I mean, the Harry Potter books are fucking popular. So, I, for me, it was mainly a choice between F Fantastic Beast and Wrath Breaks the Internet, with Creed in, 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 in a third. 
But uh, between those two, it was pretty hard for me to choose, actually. So I was thinking, actually, the almost the same thing, but I did not have Ralph Breaks the Internet. I just had Fantastic Beasts and Creed 2 were the two I was thinking between um, as being the most popular, probably. And I think Fantastic Beasts of those, like you were saying, is going to cast a wider net because we have older people and younger people that are all going to want to go see it. Uh, so I'm going to go Fantastic Beasts. I guess I should probably write this down so we remember, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good idea. <laughs> really good idea, look. Yeah. Um, I want to plug audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. You can check me out when I go through the whole pay-per-view of uh, what me and Luke talked about with Bill on that wrestling show. Check it out on iTunes. Uh, there's a really cool intro that looks like in there where I yeah, sing. It's the first time I heard it because I stopped listening to that show a little while ago just because I, uh, I don't know, I fell off, fell off of listening to it. And now that I'm not watching wrestling, I want to listen to more wrestling podcasts, mm-hmm. so I'm getting back into your show. Uh, and so I hadn't heard that new intro cause I hadn't listened to it in like, I don't know, since the beginning of the year, or maybe the end of last year, uh, something like that. So right. this was the, f- uh, first two episodes I've listened to in a while and I'll definitely be listening again this week. Uh, I really, I've really been enjoying it. It's just nice to get another perspective, you know, and all that stuff. And yeah. when you're not watching, uh, it's nice to be able to still follow along. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, just go westcoastwrestlingconnection.com. Go check out the TV show on the Title Match Network, I believe is what it is. Yeah, go check that out. Yeah, I know somebody that works there. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Well, uh, the only thing that has been haunted is the fucking delay that has been on this podcast. Uh, but... Other than that, uh, next week we will talk news of the week. We will have our top best worst TV stations. And they don't have to be in American, so maybe there's some Norwegian television right. station right. coming there. This isn't there. a versus. It's, it's our own personal uh, opinion. Either one of us, you know, so it's not a versus here. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have a manifest episode six. Uh, and we have another digital review of Nobody's Fool. Okay, cool. That wasn't on the list, funny enough. Uh, I believe it was. I'm going down here. It uh, it was the it was? second oh, one yeah, on comedy, the list. Oh, yeah, comedy, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I never heard about <laughs> it before. <laughs> Even though we just <laughs> talked about it three seconds ago. Uh... Yeah. Yes. So that'll be next week. Uh, it seems like there was something else going on next week that I'm totally missing, but oh well. I'm sure there's going to be news that uh, about uh, Julian Assange. It's more than likely going to happen. <laughs> there's always and, and Russia. Russia. That's true. And Trump. And me too. And Common will, Common be will definitely movie. be in a movie. Actually, I saw a news article th- last night, I want to say. I guess uh, Robert Mueller has mm. sent a thing to the FBI to investigate uh, somebody paying a woman to uh, 
say that he sexually assaulted her. So the FBI is investigating somebody being paid uh, to say that Robert Mueller sexually assaulted her. That's what that's what just came out yesterday, I believe. Interesting stuff. Maybe we'll cover that next week. Maybe we won't care. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. Another spooky episode Ooh. is over. Happy Halloween, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.
Happy Halloween, everybody. Bye, everybody.